When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We really should uh, get to Doha to catch up with Peter Drury. Montiel. Argentina, champions of the world. And the nation will tango all night long. 36 years since Maradona and Mexico. new throng of immortals. Scaloni will be fated. Messi will be sainted. France this time denied, defied. Lionel Messi has conquered his final peak. Lionel Messi has shaken hands with paradise. The little boy from Rosario Santa Fe has just pitched up in heaven. He climbs into a galaxy of his own. He has his crowning moments. And of course, he is not alone. And one feels for Mbappe, who scored a World Cup final hat-trick and lost. How can that be? Carlo Montiel, 25 years old. A boy out of River Plate, making his way in Europe has ensured that this time South America prevails over Europe. And there's Sergio Aguero, Messi's best mate, a one-time prolific scorer for Argentina who couldn't watch, but who turned and embraced the moment as all in Albi Celeste embraced the moment. The greatest player of his age finally has the greatest accolade football can afford him. Football matches ever played. Yeah, one of the greatest football matches ever played, one of the great commentaries as well. The man himself is with us, Peter Drury. G'day, mate. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, good, mate. Whereabouts are you? I'm in duty free Doha Airport. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> I hope you're all stocked up. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I've used up my full baggage allowance. Nowhere to go on that one. <laughs> Outstanding, mate. Hey, listen, thanks very much for giving us some time. I really appreciate it. You must, you must have had a, no, a busy month. A crazy month. Crazy month. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been madness, to be perfectly honest. Not much sleep and um, desperate to get home. But listen, what a, what a joy to be there last night. A fantastic final, Peter. It has to be said. I, I've watched every final since 1982, and I struggle to think of a better final. For the most part, they're drab, and you know nobody wants to lose. But this was something else. Yeah. No. Listen. I. You know, as the dust has begun to settle first thing this morning in this part of the world, um, you know, people are starting to have perhaps more considered conversations, and we broadcasters are asking ourselves: Did we get overly carried away? Was that really as good as we felt as though it was in the moment? And uh, truth be told, I think we've come to the conclusion that we didn't and that it was. Mm. You know, that, that, that has to go down as one of the greatest football matches that has ever been played. 
given the context, um, given the stellar performances of the stars that we hoped would shine, you know, every every sort of fairy tale narrative that we pre-imagined for that game actually came to pass. Um, and the strange thing, of course, being that actually 80 minutes into that game, it looked as though it was going to be a regulation 2-0 win for Argentina. Um, and France had barely turned up. <laughs> OK, we, we were giving thanks because we had a messy goal and we had that beautiful Di Maria goal, which was worthy of winning any World Cup. And, and little did we know after 80 minutes that we weren't even halfway to telling what became a, just a, an astonishing story. And that's the thing, you know, and I talked about this this morning immediately after the game. It was that, you know, France really didn't turn up. And I, I actually tweeted when, when Mbappe scored and everybody started blowing up about how great he was. I said, can can somebody tell me when he was subbed on? Because I must have missed it. Yeah, well, in, in, fa in fairness, it's, um, you know, you've got to give a lot of credit to um, Didier Deschamps, who had the courage to make those two substitutions before half time. And I, I know clearly the, the impact was not immediate, but it was uh, necessary. Uh, and Mbappe's position changed, his involvement in the game changed. Um, and, and I think it's fair to say of him that he's one of those players who needs to be cresting a wave. Once he feels as though he is the main man, he's a central part of it, he's got momentum, um, and the limelight is shining on him. It happens, and and goodness me, did it happen? And yeah, okay, he slammed in a couple of penalties, but that equaliser, that volley, was quite something. There are many players in the world who would have executed that goal the way he did. You know, any normal human being would have wanted to take a touch and run in on the goalkeeper, um, and he just belted it with everything he had. And that, you know, it's a very very special moment. Yeah, uh, Peter, just a, a touch on you, mate, because you know I, I watch a lot of football. And I have to say, of the current commentators going around, you are my by far my favourite. I think you do a fantastic job. And I know a lot of people talk about you and your style and how verbose you are and how almost poetic your commentary style can be. What is your background? I mean, are, are you a, a some some English major in hiding who's now slumming it with football people? I mean, how, how did you come across <laughs> no. that style? No, I... I, I... I always say that I've never attempted to have a style and it's just kind of me, whether you like it or not, I'm afraid. And no, I, I'm not, I'm, I'm not uh, hugely well read or anything like that. I do love language. I love words and I love football. And I'm, I'm very lucky that I'm able to um, combine those two things and, and make a living out of it. Really. I, I'm just a very, very lucky boy who uh, sits there with a microphone in his hand and, and watches the best football matches. So, um, that that really is all there is to it. I, I assure you that all I ever seek to do is is to be um, authentic, really, and and to somehow give over the way I'm feeling about a game, uh, and hope that in in some sense it reflects the way other people are feeling about a game, uh, and and that's as far as it goes. It would be it would be pretentious, arrogant of me to pretend I had quotes a style because I honestly don't I don't set out to have one. <laughs> yeah, well, those those, those people, I, whether, whichever art form it is, whether it's music or writing or or painting, uh, when when you've got your own style, uh, you're not trying to copy anyone else. You be, you become a style, don't you? Well, I suppose so. I mean, I you know, I wouldn't say that for myself. Um, I, I, I'm very very wary of of a conversation like this because only because, and I, I appreciate the questions, and I know they come from a good place, but I, I always say that people. 
uh, turn the television on for the football match. They don't mm. turn on for the commentator. Um, and that is always the case. And we always, we broadcasters have to remember that. You know, we're, all we are is storytellers, but we are not the story. Um, and, you know, last night's story was a pretty straightforward one to tell because, because it just had everything. It, it did have everything. Let, let's get back to that story then, because I, I know Messi won the man of the match, but there were so many players that could have picked up that accolade. Um, you know, I, I thought the Argentinian defence was absolutely superb. Uh, I thought Angel Di Maria probably went off a little bit early. He could have he could have won the award. And, of course, Martinez in goal. Um, whether you like the way he carries on or not, he's extremely effective, and he certainly you know saved Argentina from, from going out in extra time. Yeah, he, he's had an extraordinary competition, um, Emmy Martinez. You know, the, the penalty saves against the Dutch as well in a previous round in the, in the shootout. He's made some massive saves at massive moments, um, not least, you know, before we got to penalties last night. And, and you just fancy him because he is a big character, as you say, whether you like it or not. Um, uh, he, you know, he, he has produced for his country and uh, he's, he's now a part of... of Argentinian folklore, and um, he, he's not the only one, uh, you know, from, from 1 to 11 throughout, and indeed these days with so many substitutes, more than 11, they, they were formidable last night. And actually, I've been talking again to people this morning here, um, saying that that first half from Argentina, the first 45 minutes, was the best they played in the whole tournament. You know, they were, they were absolutely brilliant and, and really deserved to win the final off the back of of that simple performance. But in the end, I suppose, to a large degree, that'll get forgotten um, behind all of, the, all of the sort of melodrama that played out after it. Yeah, it was an interesting... I mean, I, I thought, uh, you know, we talk about the, the greatness of Mbappe. I thought England handled him very well. He was marginalised. He couldn't get off his wing in that game. He was very quiet, I thought, in the semi-final against Morocco as well. And as we've already talked about, we didn't see him for the first sort of 70 minutes in this game. What did you actually make of that French side? Because they, they felt like... Um, they felt, I don't know if this is the right term, but they felt quite blasé about their approach to everything. I don't know if that's just them being typically French or something else. Well, I, I think they are in many ways a kind of um, understated team in the in the manner of their coach. You know, Didier Deschamps, who's not a flashy individual, uh, he's a pragmatist. Uh, he's just a seemingly a, a, a gentle guy who has what he has at his disposal and 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 uses it really well. And yeah, I mean, if you're if you're asking me about my perspective as an Englishman, I would say to you that England were every bit as good as France, and and as so often happens to England at these tournaments, lost it at the margin. Um, uh, England would have had just as good a chance against Argentina, I think, as the French did. They did do a very good job on uh, Mbappe, but there's there's no point me weeping English tears now because <laughs> what happened happened, you know, and and that is that is the glory of sport. Um, and um, and fair play to France, they they came through after that. I, w I would also say that you know Morocco were the match of France. Mm. It could easily have been Morocco in the World Cup final. They were absolutely fantastic. But it was France and, and, you know, France found a way and, and they very, very nearly found a way to win the whole thing. Yeah, they did. They did. They did. They did extremely well uh, in patches. Uh, I, I, you know, you. it's interesting the way you put it about Argentina, because I think you're right. It's not every tournament that the tournament favourite or even the tournament winner peaks at the final. Often they peak before that. But we saw that here. It just uh, it felt like the French had peaked early uh, and then and, and then had to find a way to play uh, and, and find motivation and what was going on on the pitch. Um, did the 
Lionel Messi's now lifted the World Cup. There's been a few people in football over the years saying he can't be in the greatest ever conversation until he wins a World Cup. Uh, he's done that now. Uh, where do you put him yep. in the pantheons of the Maradonas, the Palais, the Cruyffs, etc.? Well, uh, these are always, again, dangerous conversations because we all tend to favour our era or perhaps the the era of our childhood. Um, But I I think it's hard not to have him at number one now, you know, uh, now that he's got the World Cup, because by comparison with Maradona, which is the natural comparison, being an Argentine, um, all of his numbers are better than Maradona. He played more games, he scored more goals, he's won more medals. Um, you, you know that that that's beyond argument. Um, the only argument was over being a world champion, and he's now a world champion. And he's not only the world champion, but he you know he scored two goals in the final and converted his penalty in a shootout. So um, if if your presupposition was that Maradona was the greatest of all time, then then I think it's hard to argue now that Messi hasn't supplanted him. Um, uh, you know, the, the great thing about sport, as we all know, is that we can argue and debate and, and so on, and people are perfectly entitled to their own opinion. But um, based on the, the sort of um, yardsticks, the logical yardsticks that I see in front of me, uh, it's, it's tough to argue against him now. Mm, yeah, very much so. Now, Peter, you've called a lot of World Cups and you've watched World Cups as a fan as well. Um, putting all the uh, all the political stuff aside, uh, which I know is hard to do, but if you judge this tournament purely on football, is this the best World Cup that we've had as Gianni Infantino claims? Is there a bit of recency <coughs> bias potentially there? I well, don't know. Well, listen, every World Cup at the end of it, FIFA declares to have been the best World Cup. Um, and, and listen... I, it's hard to put aside all of the issues that have gone around this one. Um, it, all, all I would say is that, in a sense, it's spurious to, to claim best or second best or third best. I've been to seven now, and, and I have to say that the narratives of this World Cup have been compelling. The shock results, the, the, you know, the moments, the culmination of those group stages, uh, all of that. It, it's been an absolutely compelling World Cup. I, I wouldn't be forced into calling it the best, having said which. You know, story for story, moment for moment, um, it's hard to think of one that's bettered it. So mm-hmm. that's where we're at. That is where we're at, indeed. Um, Peter, thank you so much for giving us some time, mate. I know you, you, you're probably sick of talking, sick of hearing hearing yourself um, <laughs> after a month my, my of this. Only, my only anxiety, actually, is that my plane's been called and I can see the queue is going down now, so <laughs> I, I had better scarf <laughs> Yeah, you do that. Travel safe, my friend, and, and go well and keep <laughs> up the great work. Yes, thank you. You too. All the best. Good to talk to you. Take care.